0: so a lot of people seem to look at time as if it's some sort of random thing that we find in the cracks between other things that we're doing as if it's something that is randomly scattered around and if we're lucky enough we can find the time and this kind of belies a passive attitude that um, i've noticed in a lot of people that i've noticed in myself for a long time and that's what i wanted to talk about today my name is chris Waldheim's, and i am the host of the hyper memoir podcast where we talk about Building and developing a creative voice. So, you've probably heard the phrase "I don't have the time," or actually, more accurately, "I can't find the time." So, this comes up a lot, and it's this sort of passive phrase that people use as an excuse to not be creative or to not create the things that they're looking to create in their lives. Because obviously, life is busy; we have a lot going on, and it's this sort of convenient excuse, especially in our society, that um, to explain why we didn't do something, to explain. Um, why we couldn't follow our dreams or why we're kind of locked into a situation that we might not be too fond of. So that's what I want to talk about today is that idea of finding time and how that language actually belies a sort of passivity, a sort of passivity. So the language of I can't find the time, it almost makes it seem as if you're a passive participant in the flow of time when you're not. And I've learned this firsthand. So I want to share with you what I've learned about I guess, our relationship with time. And this goes beyond things like time management or what we do with our time or scheduling or anything like that. I mean, it can help with all those things. But ultimately, what this is about, it's about learning how to make the time. It's about learning how to um, create the time, actually, to pursue your creative dreams, to pursue the things that you actually want to see be part of the world. So, Let me tell you a little story about how I kind of came to this episode and came to this thinking. And this has been something that I think has been going on for the last two years where I've been thinking about this concept of finding time and what we can replace it with. So a few years ago, I think I had finished the first version of my manuscript or had some version of my book manuscript done. And I told a friend about this and she said, well, where do you find the time? She knew that I'm a business owner. She knew that um, I was a relatively new father. So for her, it was kind of surprising that given those responsibilities that um, I'd be present for, that I'm present as a father, I'm present as a business owner, I put my time, I put my energy into those things, yet somehow I could manage to pursue creative projects. And so what I told her is, I don't find the time, I take it by force. And I was being a little bit facetious, but not a lot facetious, right? So what I'm gonna explain is that rather than looking at time as this thing where I'm bound by and I can't find any time, can't find it, right? I can't seem to find it lying around on the ground like spare change. Instead, I decided, well, okay, if this thing is important to me, I'm going to make the time. I'm going to actually take it by force. And you can't just obviously drop all your responsibilities, and that's not what I did. But there is a way that you can actually start to address time in a completely different manner that I think will open up some time for creativity. And it's something we can start small, and I hope that today I can convey that to all of you. So let me get into it. But first, let me actually talk about the reason why we struggle to find time for creativity. So uh, for myself, I can tell you that over the years, Being creative is um, something that I value, but it's something that I don't always find time for. Again, see, here's that language, find time for. Um, And I hadn't found time for it a lot. So there have been years or months or weeks where I've gone without doing something creative. Sometimes um, when I was in law school, school took over a lot of that kind of energy. And I feel like there was even a few year period where I was so devoted to studying that creativity really wasn't on the radar, and and not in any active way. I mean, I was still listening to music, still appreciating art, and doing all that kind of stuff. But as far as me creating stuff, it really went on the back burner, right? Because this was this sort of full time um, struggle. I guess you could say full time struggle, full time occupation, being a law student. Anyone who's gone to law school or any other kind of professional school, or you know, even grad school or undergrad or any higher education or even lower education knows that it can be something that consumes a lot of time. So where would I find the time? How would I find the time to pursue my creativity? So, you know, I would kind of in the back, you know, in the back of my mind, I'd kind of look back because I'm doing these things that I enjoy or that I've chosen to do, like be a parent or run a business or go to school. But I'd also feel this lack of creative fulfillment that I would get because I didn't pursue any creative goals, because I hadn't created anything, because I hadn't made anything, time would somehow get away from me. And I would look back and it felt like I had this kind of arid desert where I had all these things come up. And it wasn't always big stuff, right? It wasn't always like I'm running a business or I'm being a parent or I'm in school that stopped me from using my time. It could also be little stuff. I mean, everybody has problems with social media, it seems these days. Um, It can be video games. It can be TV. It can be Um, doing laundry when we don't need to. I mean, there's all kinds of little things that always seem to compete for our time, things that seem to come up. And, you know, this is, I guess, the concept you could call it is time slippage. That's what I'll call it here right now, is time slippage. And it's not really a new problem. I actually, in researching for this episode, came across a number of writings by the Roman Stoic philosophers, um, Seneca among them. I have a quote here. I won't read the whole thing, but I'll kind of give you a sense um, here's what Seneca has to say about it. You know, this he's talking about time and how we use time. Um, so it is. The life we receive is not short, but we make it so. Nor do we have any lack of it, but are wasteful of it. So the it he's talking about, like I mentioned, is time. So it's really the way that we use our time. It's not that we lack time, but it's how we use our time. And there were a number of other quotes from the Stoic philosophers. So if you're into Stoicism, even tangentially, You can look those up. It's pretty easy to find. I mean, Seneca and Marcus Aurelius being the top ones, uh, stoic philosophers that talk about this kind of thing and how we relate to time. But I'm really kind of highlighting that because I want people to know that this is not a new problem, right? So I think we tend to think of this as a problem with the modern world, with internet and computers and social media and a fast-paced lifestyle, especially here in the West. We tend to think that this is a new problem. And somehow in the past, people had all the time in the world because of the slower pace. And and maybe so I, I didn't live then. So I really couldn't say, but it's possible that in the past people had more time, but then also there were other things that seemed to take time. We're talking about things like war or farming or just, I don't know, being, being someone who lives in the past. So I think it's kind of this universal human experience of having time, but then having it also get away from you, having it kind of slip away from you. So that's, a problem, right? So that's a, that's a thing that we all deal with. Um, and then I think when we talk about time slippage, when we think about how we prioritize things, for me at least, and for a lot of people I know, I think creative expression kind of falls down that list of priorities. So if we feel like time is slipping away from us and there's so much we need to do, there's other things we're going to put above creative expression. So that can be everything from earning money, so going to a job and earning money. That can be caring for children all of these things actually do have to happen they're not optional I mean they are optional, but the you know the side effects of that aren't great I don't want them, so I want to stay on top of those things. but then like I said, it can be other stuff I mean it can be um, socializing and especially even socializing maybe when you don't want to or social media or just any other kind of distraction. I mean, for me and for some people I know, that can also be like something as simple as, oh, I have to randomly go to Target and spend the next hour doing that when I really don't need to or could figure out a different way. So, and I'm not saying anything against those activities, like as if they're bad or anything like that. I'm just saying that we have a knack for filling our time with things before creativity. Now I know some people, most of them professional artists, who have kind of flipped that. I mean, they've made making art their living, or even if not yet their living, they've really sort of committed to bringing that to the fore. And that's can, that can be really hard. I'm not gonna suggest that everybody has the ability to do that. I don't have the ability to do that. I mean, even finding the time to do this recording has required me to push some things off and rearrange other things. So um you know i'd say that it's also a societal struggle i don't think that in a society i mean we talk about how we value creativity and being a creator and creating your own destiny again especially here in the west i don't think that's a universal thing necessarily but in the west and especially in the united states it's all about sort of creating your own destiny isn't it so we talk about that but i think society again is really designed and i think we're programmed and what's the word i'm looking for not programmed, but Um, socialized, let's just say socialized, to be responsible in a way that puts creativity to the back of the line. Again, I've gotten that message in my life. I think a lot of you can relate to that message where creativity is secondary, um, unless it's creativity for money. I know a lot of people who are creative and it's not even their creative expression. They do creative work, but for clients. I did that for a long time. I was a designer for a long time and I did not get creative fulfillment because it wasn't my voice coming through. It was somebody else's voice. And I was just executing on behalf of them. So our own creativity tends to be pushed towards the back for a variety of reasons, is my point here. And again, it's sort of a societal problem. It's not just a personal thing. So if you're kind of down on yourself, why can't I seem to um, make the time? Or why can't I seem to prioritize creativity? You're not alone. I got another quote, this one from Neil Gaiman. He says, the world always seems bent on trying to shut out the creative impulse. And so... What he's saying there, I think, kind of lines up with what I'm saying here is that the world seems to shut out the creative impulse, meaning that there's always something else. There's always something else that will come before that impulse. So we went, we feel creative, but then all of a sudden we become, quote unquote, reasonable and put creativity towards the back of the line. So that's not where we want to be. Um, so we have to push back. So what I have tried to do in my own life is find ways to prioritize creative work. And this doesn't mean I always have a day or an hour or any huge chunks of time in order to do this. Like I said, I'm a father, I'm a business owner, I'm a husband, I have responsibilities. So it's not like I'm able to push all of that away or rely on somebody else to do it all. Um, I do have support, I do have help, and I want to acknowledge that, but it's not like a situation where you know I have complete freedom of time. And I think that's probably true for a lot of you you have other responsibilities in addition to being creative, even for those of you who are full-time creators or artists or someone else who does creative work and gets paid for it, you know, and not even just creative work, but work where it's your own self-expression, like you're an artist or a musician who's expressing yourself and getting paid for it. Even there, you have other responsibilities that compete with that work. So, um, when I explained earlier, when I kind of began this episode by saying that, um, I took time back by force. Um, Let me explain what I mean by that. So, you know, what I said at the beginning was, I don't make time, I take it by force. And I really do think that's the attitude. I mean, you might look at it differently, you might use a different metaphor, but for me, that's what works, taking time by force. Um, So, and I also, like I said, I don't just clear the calendar. So um, what I explained to that friend and what I've explained to other people who wanna find time for creativity is that the first thing you can do the easiest thing you can do is start by breaking out 15 minute increments in which to be creative and now i got this idea from a class i took i think about a decade ago on memoir writing and this class i forget which author it was i wish i could remember my notes from that class are long gone but i think um, i had read about or heard about an author that had written their book in uh, 15 minute blocks and so that kind of intrigued me because at that point i was actually just starting my career as a lawyer i was a brand new father so time really didn't exist as a thing that i felt like i had control over i felt like my time was completely consumed by work it was completely consumed by all my other responsibilities and even by the time i got home or did have time i just was not inclined to spend an hour writing right that just seemed really intimidating to me. So instead of looking for large blocks of time, what I looked for based on this idea was I looked for 15 minute increments of time. So 15 minute blocks of time. We can find those. I mean, I look at it the same way as taking a shower or getting dressed. Like these are things that you can do in 15 minutes and they're pretty much non-negotiable for most people. Most people. I mean, some people negotiable, but I think for a lot of us, like like the idea of, oh, I don't have time to take a shower just isn't something that crosses our mind most days. I mean, yes, there are some days when we have emergencies or whatnot, but I feel like for the most part, we all can find 15 minutes to take a shower and brush our teeth and get ready for the day. So I kind of looked at it the same way, that if I can do that, if I can find those 15 minutes, because that's important to me, I can also find 15 minutes to create. So that's what I did. Um, so my, you know, like I said, my business demanded attention. But in between my business, in between um, working and all this other stuff that I was trying to do, um, I would find 15 minute blocks of time. So instead of trying to find an hour, I would spend 15 minutes writing. And that's all. Sometimes it would go further. Sometimes I'd find out, hey, I can actually go 45 minutes or I can go for an hour. But all that I was requiring of myself was 15 minutes. I was only requiring 15 minutes of actual time writing. And I remember at that time, writing the very first draft of my book, I was writing it out longhand in yellow legal pads, just because I find my thinking tends to be more clear when I'm not working on a computer and don't have all that distraction. So I was writing out longhand. I'd sit at my kitchen table when I got home from work, when I still had a little bit of energy. I'd sit down, spend 15 minutes, write, write, write. And I think I was even getting home before the kids or something like that. But I managed to find a 15-minute block. And some people I know also get up early. So if you have a family and it's really hard because you have distractions and a lot going on, sometimes that's just finding 15 minutes early, like right getting up 15 minutes earlier than you normally would have so that you could have that time to work on your creative stuff. Um, so that's kind of the basic idea. I can go into that a little bit more. But for me, creativity was really important. And what I also wanted to figure out is um you know how much could i do in those 15 minute blocks so like i said i got this idea from a memoir class where they talked about how um there was an author who had written in these 15 minute blocks Um, and i think a lot of authors do it that way at the time um, i think you know we had iphones and stuff but i wasn't really using it for writing but now even like if you have a five-minute block if you're in a coffee shop A lot of stuff that I write nowadays, like a lot of the ideas or drafts or sentences or turns of phrase that I really like for my writing, that can be five minutes waiting in line. That can be 10 minutes waiting for food or something, right? Like you don't need to make it be a special time. I mean, sometimes I do, but it can be like literally spending five minutes while you're waiting in line instead of scrolling Instagram, opening up your notes app and and writing, you know, writing a few sentences or writing an idea or whatever finding a quote and that's kind of what i do here that's how i'm able to produce um you know these podcasts while doing everything else that i do um so what i ended up with is my book right so i think i wrote my book in 15 minute blocks um not always and as i got into the second draft my time had kind of freed up in a way where i was able to um sort of write in longer blocks. So there are, there were hour blocks. There were times when I could write for two hours. But for me, what I noticed is the 15-minute chunks really added up over the life of this project. And then I applied that to other things. I mean, even something I enjoy doing creatively but don't always make the time for is making music. So sometimes even just I use synthesizers and drum machines and stuff and make electronic music. So even just turning my stuff on, turning it on, making a really simple beat, doing that for 15 minutes, it keeps me in touch. I'd rather be consistent. I'd rather be um, kind of show up and not necessarily create anything great in that moment than let months pass and kind of look at these things and be like, why haven't I touched that in months? Which is often the case. So that's the strategy here. Um, and then, you know, like I said, sometimes at 15 minutes, you could expand it. Like you end up with more time. Like you end up with more time than you... Um, initially planned for, just because you get on a roll or the muse takes you or whatever, however you want to call it, um, that 15 minutes becomes bigger. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how how I explain to people. the the um, I hear this idea elsewhere too. There's another book I would recommend everybody read. It's about time and how we conceive of time. It's uh, called 4,000 Weeks Time Management for Mortals. Um, it's essential. It's by the author Oliver Berkman, I think is how you pronounce his last name. But he describes the approach I just described to you as incremental incrementalism. Sorry, incrementalism. So instead of finding vast chunks of luxurious time to create, we stake out small pockets and do it consistently. That's incrementalism. And that's a great way that you can stay in touch with your creativity. And that's a great book, by the way. It really, it's a, he calls it a time management book, but it's really about our philosophy of time and how we in the West address time and think about time and relate to time. So highly recommend reading it just generally so yeah so before i close out today's episode there's actually a few more um, points i'd like to make just on how you can create time for creativity or just help yourself make the time for creativity and that's what i do want people to go away instead of saying find the time for creativity if there's only one thing you do from this episode it's change that language change it from find the time for creativity to make the time for creativity which is active, which gives you control over the situation. So that's what I'd like to see change in myself and hopefully others can do the same. So the first thing, there's a, a few tips I have here. I'll just kind of go through them quick and close it out. Um, see how you're using time. So for me, um, really getting in touch with how am I actually using my time is a great exercise. And, you know, I do it periodically where I kind of look at, okay, how am I actually spending time? Am I spending time doing things that I wanna do, that I have to do, that aren't important, that other people want me to do? That's a big one. Um, Really kind of taking your time back from others who might try to take it from you and set those boundaries. Um, You can even look on screen time to see, you know, are you spending time on social media? Again, if you're spending 45 minutes on social media, I'm not saying go down to zero and kind of try to be this person who never touches social media. Yeah, sure, go on it. Go on it for half an hour. Don't go on it for 45 minutes and use that 15 minutes to write something and you'll be surprised how much it adds up like i said before um the other thing is honor your creativity so um that's also when you decide you're going to do something when you're going to decide to create really make a commitment to yourself so this morning um you know i'm recording this at, um right now it's 11 a.m i kind of started my whole process at 10 a.m um, and there was a lot to do i mean there's a lot that i can do in this day i'm just beginning my work day And um, but I decided I wanted to do this first because I didn't want the day to get away from me. And I decided that no matter what came up, unless it was a real emergency, right? We're talking about someone's going to the hospital or whatever. um, This is happening first. And here we are. So that's honoring your creativity. Um, Also stake out the time. So sometimes that's a matter of going on your calendar a day before, a week before, whenever before, and actually blocking out time. To be creative, so that's another one. Um, set specific goals. So if you have a project, I find f- for myself it's much easier to um, it's much easier to find the time for creativity if you know that you're working towards something, right? So if it's not just an exercise, but you're like, I'm making an album, I'm writing a book, I'm doing a painting, then that kind of gives you a vision to pursue. I'm really big on creating visions and working towards them. Um, and then finally kill distractions. So I think, you know, again, the modern world provides us with plenty of distractions. That's everything from social media, phone notifications, whatever. Um, on my phone, I think that's the biggest source of distraction. So what I tend to do is, first of all, I don't really get notifications. I put on do not disturb mode. Um, I use an app called Forest that, grows little trees that if you change out of that app, like you go look at Instagram or whatever, then it's going to kill the trees. And for whatever reason, I don't feel like killing the trees. So I don't leave the app and that keeps me focused. So again, I'm trying to make the most of my time. So anyway, I hope this was helpful. And, you know, like I said, I think the main point of all this is regardless of my techniques or methods or whatever, or even the way I talk about it, I think if there's one thing that you can gain from this episode of the podcast that I would like you to gain or kind of look at differently, um, when it comes to time, it's not something that you find; it's something that you make, and there is an active element. There is agency there, so it's not a matter of um, just finding the time or hoping someone else gives it to you or that it somehow arises naturally. It's never going to happen. It's going to slip away. So you have to take and you have to take the time by force. That's the way I put it. Um, you can put it how you want to put it, but that's the idea. Instead of finding time, we're taking time by force. Anyway, thank you for joining me. Once again, I'm Chris Valdheims. This is the Hyper Memoir podcast. And if you're on a podcast app and you feel charitable, go ahead and put a like or a review or a comment or whatever you can to help me sort of rise through the algorithm. And um, I'll see you next time.